Who couldn't use a little joy this week? So I'm calling the topic for today, choose joy, not fear. The opposite word for fear for Christians, well, it should be faith. So why didn't I entitle this sermon, choose faith, not fear? Well, because some are listening to this message today that may not have a faith. And I'm trying to be sensitive to that as well. Even as a seasoned Christian, we can forget God's promises and we can become overwhelmed by waves, even tsunamis of fear, so overwhelming that we feel like we're drowning. Then we compound our fear by feeling guilty because as Christians, we're told not to be afraid, but don't know how to stop. Don't feel badly about being fearful. Are you angry with your children when they run into your room in the middle of the night during a loud thunderstorm? Of course not. Or do you hold them tight, comfort them, and tell them not to be afraid? You are there to protect them. Well, it's, it's much the same with the Lord. God over and over tells us to turn to Him and trust in Him in the midst. Fear not is the most repeated phrase in the Bible. Some say 365 times. One source says 366. I like the 366 because it's so like God to include leap year. Just think about this. A do not fear message for every day of the year. How loving is that? There are many more if you include commands like be strong and courageous. So why is fear mentioned so many times in the Bible? Well, probably because it's the most common, normal, and underlying condition in humans. We worry about everything. We worry about work, our children, health, old age, being alone, school, rejection, weather, finances, marriages, and even toxic relationships. Not sure why we spend so much time on that one. The fear can creep in at three in the morning or it can consume us all throughout the day, stoked constantly by the never-ending news cycle. God created us with healthy alarms that manifest in fear, such as knowing not to get too close to a fire or driving too fast on a snowy day in the canyon. These fears are a form of protection. There is also the fear that God references in the Bible signifying awe and reverence. Then there's a destructive type of fear, the type that fills us with a level of anxiety that not only steals our joy, but can leave us paralyzed. Please don't think I say these things lightly or cavalierly. I'm always suspect when someone is offering advice to overcome something when they haven't been faced with it themselves. Sounds simple when someone throws out advice, don't be afraid, stop worrying. Easy for you to say. Managing fear and keeping it abeyant was also a challenge for me. However, one year in particular brought it all to a head. It started in 2010 when I found myself in an all-consuming fear about being diagnosed with cancer, followed by losing sight in my one eye and then the other. My world came crashing down. When surgeries failed and I realized I couldn't remain in total darkness, fear enveloped me to the point of complete desperation. I 
had always hoped that I could rise to any challenge that God had set before me like Joan of Arc, but here I was, completely despondent. I knew my scripture and what God asked of us, but I could not rejoice. I could not find the joy in my situation. Fear had completely overtaken me. Consider it pure joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Are you kidding me? How is that possible? After all, I thought I had survived plenty of challenges in my life, including 9-11. What made this episode so much worse? Well, because I was completely powerless. I had lost all hope. So I thought. I had allowed the fears of the what-ifs and the enemy to consume me. It was at that moment that I cried out, Dear God, I don't know what you are doing, but I can't do blind. All I do know is that I love you and I trust you. Amen. Well, he did hear my prayer, but that's a story for another time. During this time, I was strongly convicted that regardless of what life throws at you, we have a choice on how we are going to respond. I made a commitment that I was never going to allow fear to consume me to that depth again. My epiphany was clear. I have a choice. Right now, we all feel out of control and powerless. God said we would have trials, but he is absolutely holding us tight in this storm. We must remember we have a choice every day. We can choose joy over fear, no matter how difficult. Some days are harder than others, but we must always keep God's promises front and center. Allowing fear to rule in our life is a life on empty. When Paul wrote to Timothy during heavy church persecution, he said, Therefore, I remind you, stir up the gift of God which is in you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 6 and 7. Paul is referencing God's love and promise to help us confidently stay resolute even when faced with trials. When life throws us a curveball as we are experiencing right now, what is your immediate reaction? Do we become crippled in fear when our health or our finances are being threatened? Or do we look to God's promises and persevere? Do we combat each arrow flung in our mind with the confidence of our faith? As it tells us in scripture, do we rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Is this what God teaches us to rejoice in trials? Well, if it is, we need to know it has to be for our best. When I first dove deep into this concept of God asking us to praise and rejoice, it really seemed counterintuitive to what was normal. But I kept investigating as I knew God's character and had faith that even though I did not understand, he must have a really good reason. In his infinite love, he's asking us to trust him, to lean into him, even when we don't understand. 
The rejoicing realigns our thoughts and our attitude pulls us towards him versus allowing the fear to swallow us up. I have to confess, I practice this constantly in planes when hitting severe turbulence. I have to admit, it works. When we speak his promises via scripture, I can't always explain it, but it's as if a feeling of freedom comes over me, as if the chains of fear are broken. As I was writing this talk, ironically, I received a text from a friend with an excerpt of a letter written by the theologian Martin Luther. It was composed in 1527 during the bubonic plague, a much more deadly disease with unknown origins. He said, I shall ask God mercilessly to protect us. Then I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine, and take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus perchance inflict, pollute others, and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. Does this sound familiar? How ironic the same advice was given 500 years ago during a pandemic. Every day we hear the same message, maybe not in their language, but the message is the same. The reason I love Martin Luther's quote is that it appeals to my bottom line brain. Pray to God for protection and do what I can. After that, I have a choice on how I would decide to proceed in my daily life, fear or joy. Well, I choose joy. Frankly, the alternative fear for me is fruitless, debilitating, unproductive, and useless. When I allow fear to consume me on things I cannot control, I'm ineffective at work, I'm useless to my aging parents that need me, I'm a poor role model for my children, and most importantly, my light dims for Christ to others. I think that saddens me the most. The fear when unchecked slowly begins to suffocate our gifting and hence our overall purpose. Not even mentioning, it really does age us prematurely. However, it is critical during any peril, and in particular when our community and our country are threatened, for us to look up, cry out to God for mercy and protection. Choose to ask God, what can I do during this time? How can I serve and love my neighbor? I understand with our command to social distancing, this can be a challenge, but there is no better time to make a connection through technology. Check in on the elderly, your friends and family with cards, emails, devotionals, and some music. But my most important suggestion is take this time to spend in the Word. Study the character of God. Focus on wanting to know Jesus. Does He care? Yes. Is He with us in our fears? Absolutely. But you need to invite Him in. Spend time talking with Him. He can handle anything you throw at Him. God is with us. Trust Him. The joy and the peace is found in our relationship with Him. His words have power. Talk to Him throughout the day. Ask Him to take away your fear. Ask Him to replace it with His joy. His word says, 
Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. John 16, 24. In Psalm 94, it says, When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Choose joy. I realize it's an act of obedience and discipline. I am not saying it's easy. Whenever a dark or anxious moment invades your mind, stop. Say out loud, Jesus, I trust you. I love you. I choose your joy. Amen. If you have to do it every day for a hundred times, so be it. I promise God will respond. You do your part. God will hear you. It's his promise. He says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. I love Psalm 56 when David is fearful for his life. He cries out, Oh, most high, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I am not afraid. So, I am sure many of you are asking, well, how do I choose joy when I feel like my world is falling apart? I'm losing my job, my savings, my family's health is vulnerable. Well, one, go to God and talk to him about your fears and be specific. Two, go to his word, search out scripture to help you. The internet makes this so easy. There's also a great free Bible app available that will send scripture to you every day, each day. I'm always stunned how relevant it is to my circumstances. This is also a great time to check out the videos on Right Now Media that the church sent to you. If you don't have that, contact the church and they'll send it to you. Three, when fearful thoughts creep into your mind, stop. Ask God to help and praise Him. Four, daily ask for peace and protection and calm in this storm. This storm will pass. Read Matthew 8, 23 through 27 about Jesus and his disciples in a boat in a storm. It's a wonderful parable about trust in the midst. The disciples were in the boat with Jesus during a storm and they were still afraid. Can you imagine? They're with God and they're still afraid. Jesus, on the other hand, well, he was asleep. Five, starting today, commit to God for all times, not just this time. And lastly, limit the news. It's intentionally programmed to pull you in with constant alerts. It's exhausting and fear-provoking. As Luther said, and I paraphrase, ask God for help and do what you can. Choose joy. Let's pray together. Dearest Lord Jesus, you are our refuge. You are our fortress. We thank you, Lord, for our amazing country filled with talented men and women of science that you have gifted to combat this virus at this time. Thank you for our leaders on both sides of the aisle that are doing everything possible to keep us safe and to bring this time of challenge and uncertainty to a rapid close. With one sweep of your mighty hand, you can clear the enemy away.
please rescue our world. Let us turn to you for discernment and wisdom. Please show each of us, Lord, as individuals, how we can safely help ease someone's pain or fear. We praise you. We love you. We trust you. Amen.